Listening to I Quit My Job, a podcast about songwriting with your hosts Derek Harrison and Travis Reitzma. I quit my job. I quit my job. I quit my job. I'm free today. Hey folks, at long last we bring you our interview with Ron Leary. Or rather, Travis's interview with Ron Leary. When Travis and I first had the idea for this podcast, we gathered up all our gear and went over to Ron's house catching him eating some pierogies, bleary-eyed from an after-work nap. At the time, Ron was in construction, the demands of which left him in a pretty negative headspace. This, combined with Travis and I's lack of experience, would cause us to shelve this interview as a practice and wait for a better time to have Ron back on. This is the first episode of I Quit My Job, which features an interview that I didn't conduct, and since I edit every episode, it was also my first time hearing one of our interviews as an outsider. Since that original interview, some snippets of what you can hear at the end of our last podcast, episode 17 with guest Kevin Head, Ron has left full-time construction work because, as he explains in the interview, if he had stuck with it, it would mean the end of his music career. This point resonated with me. While introducing his song, That Guy, at the end of the interview, Ron made an explicit connection between himself and Al Tuck, both of whom I think are among the country's finest songwriters, and both of whom struggle to make ends meet. It's not the lack of mainstream recognition that bothers me, it's that it seems to me, with few exceptions, that the character described in That Guy is at the realistic peak of where the career of a Canadian songwriter today can be. Ron Leary chose poverty with art over prosperity without it, and it frustrates me that this is a decision that has to be made at all. On the other hand, Ron quit his job, has two records in the making, recently spent some time filming a documentary in Paris, and is getting ready to celebrate the 10th anniversary of his first full-length record, The Road in Between. Ron has been doing great things ever since he quit his job, and we're going to get to Travis's interview in one sec. But first, you can hear the song Communist Cafe from Ron Leary's 2010 album, Dependent Arising. Safe haven of a not so sane Escape the mainstream, put yourself on display By the bookshelf, it is leaning to the left Fair trade copies pouring like a deep oil well Change the wheel, change the world Right here at the communist cafe Change the wheel, change the world Strip that white man of his capitalist bend Cut down with the system that is the state of gold Twenty-one years bond together, take down this world Cut it in a small northern town If the center of that big old storm that's bound to come Change the wheel, change the wheel Right here at the communist cafe 
tried to do this once before <laughs> yeah <laughs> didn't uh didn't go so well yeah well it, i i think it went it, it, we actually tried to do this for our first episode mm-hmm. uh we we I'm had honored i'm honored yeah we we wanted to have you know we, because it's it's sort of a semi windsor centric podcast in that i live in windsor and derek uh did at one time too we wanted to have someone on that we like really respected and that we were both influenced by and was from Windsor did did his work in Windsor so we're like yeah Ron there would be a, a perfect first guest <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I think it was it was more that was the first time we tried to interview anyone yeah uh, and I think that that played into it we didn't really know how to get what we wanted out of you I think yeah well I wasn't and you? I wasn't offering a lot of things up for free that day either. <laughs> Well, yeah, and you were, at the time, you were working full-time, right? That was, like, mm-hmm. right during, yeah, in Toronto, yeah. while living in Windsor. Yeah. Yeah, and trying to do music and everything at the same time. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And, and we caught you right after you ate some, like, <laughs> eggs or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 The supper of champions there. <laughs> Couple eggs. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think... Like we, you can talk about that time a little bit if you want, because it's. I think that uh, whenever we've been sitting down, we've had a lot of conversations over the last few months about music and and about uh, your career and what I'm doing, and and uh, I feel like the dominant thing has has been around this question of of working outside of music, which again with the the podcast being called "I Quit My Job" is sort of an interesting uh, interesting thing. But do you like? At that time, did you were you like really like you seemed like you were really ups like angry with music or angry with some with something? Uh, just uh, I was just burnt out. 
Yeah. So you can't uh, you can't go and work like sixty hours a week and then hop on stage two nights a week for a few years and not burn yourself into the ground. So I was burnt out, frustrated, and um, yeah, I think that's that's part of it. Part of being an artist of how do you stay alive and mm-hmm. and. Uh, the, the how I had to stay alive was just work my ass off, and but I think it was real easy to start that because mm-hmm. it's like wow I just show up and they pay me. <laughs> I hadn't had more that. money than you could ever make in music. Yeah, there's <laughs> that, and I hadn't really had that luxury of that not having to wake up every morning and in fight to make a couple bucks. So, mm-hmm. which is what you do as an artist. So, so early on it was a really easy thing to just show up get mm-hmm. paid and go home but then as you know as time goes by you're just like wow you've you've really given up this great life that you had over a lot of freedom a uh, very social life where you're constantly hanging out with interesting people mm-hmm. uh, and then I found myself like working in an environment full of like races misogynists uh, there's a lot of construction workers that have a very uh, closed mind mm-hmm. and uh, and it can't help but like uh, affect you over time and I just got really miserable being in that environment and not doing what I felt like I was put on the uh, the earth to do which is uh, create music and, and perform so mm-hmm. I remember uh, that was right after you'd moved back right you were living with Kenneth yeah and uh, Kenneth McLeod and um, I remember like we didn't we weren't really hanging out that much at that time either part, mostly because yeah. you were gone all week every well, week well yeah I would come home I would I'd leave Sunday night and uh, come home Friday night. Mm-hmm. So usually Saturday involved me sleeping for 15 hours to catch up, do my laundry, and then I would leave. Yeah. <laughs> but I needed that break. I needed to get home into my own space for even if it was just a few seconds before I had to go back just to mentally mm-hmm. keep going. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great period of uh, socialization for me there. Mm-hmm. And that was about a year ago, right, that that was happening? We started the podcast about a year ago. So. Yeah, it was my first year of living in Windsor. I think I, after a couple months, I ran out of money, and I, if any kind of opportunity to work down here was just for um, an embarrassingly low amount of money, and mm-hmm. I thought it was degrading, so I just went back and started working in Toronto during the week. Mm-hmm. And you were you were still doing music at that time too, right? Or you were. Yeah, I never stopped. I've never stopped ever Mm -hmm. since I was like 12 or... Well, I started playing my parents' band when I was six, and I started writing when I was 12. Like, it's... it's, I ain't stopping at this point. Yeah. (laughs) No matter what. uh, No matter what I gotta do. (laughs) Yeah, so I know that uh, you're kind of... You're you're struggling with with that still. You're like, you know, like Mm -hmm. finding enough money to kind of get through, through the day. Um, yeah, and so and but now you're you're like I think like I've known you now for like ten years probably yeah, which is scary. <laughs> um, it's like most of my adult life. Yeah, but uh, I I feel like you're more driven now than than I've ever seen you. It seems like that anyway. Yeah. Like every every single time we talk, uh, whether it's in the positive or the negative, you're talking about your music career and and what you can do to to make that happen on a, on a more full-time basis and to really break mm-hmm. it. Cause like, I, I feel like you're really, you seem to be motivated to, 
to break a little bigger than you've been to this point? I think uh, I've always been uh, motivated and my entire existence of my adult life has really just been focused on music. Um, the difference I think now is I've come to realize, you know, you do have to kind of break onto a larger stage if you want to survive as an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a good four four years of full-time construction work. I know it's not for me, that world. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. Um, you can do it in short spurts, but yeah. if it had to be your your life, that would be a different story. Well, it was, it was soul-destroying. So <laughs> and I was, physically uh, destroying, yeah. well, probably, yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's destroyed. <laughs> my body is not ever going to be like it was five years ago that's mm-hmm. for sure but there's a certain point where it's like you feel like you're getting yourself mm-hmm. into good shape but then mm-hmm. you just do it so much and yeah well it's a toxic world uh construction is a very toxic world you're around mm-hmm. toxic chemicals all the time it's hard on the body physically as well so but more mentally it was uh you know when you come home after you know you leave at 6 a.m you get home at seven at night of being physical all day like it's really mm-hmm. hard to use your brain like all i yeah. had and i had enough energy to like pick up the phone and order something to eat and then you know crack a couple cans of beer like that was <laughs> yeah. my main i still for the first few years still worked in wrote almost every night and then mm-hmm. i just hit a point where I ran out of gas, and I knew at that point I had to make a change, or it was over for me musically. Yeah, uh, like I feel like I have the the opposite problem. Like I I exhaust so much mental energy on on school that mm-hmm. when I get like I've started going to the gym, for instance, and it's such a giant struggle to move my body in any kind of direction. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of similar yeah. both ways. You only have so much energy mentally and physically, and, and you know if you're mm-hmm. overdoing one, you can't do the other. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, the reality is if, I don't know, that was just, it dominated my life from the second I got it. I had maybe three hours of time because it was physical. Mm-hmm. So over the top physical that, you yeah. know, I would get out of bed every morning for about a year and I could barely get out of my bed and I wouldn't even feel my feet or legs until about 10 steps in towards the bathroom to start the day. So, <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, I don't know, that's, that, that's, that was the state I lived in it for quite mm-hmm. a while. So. But now it's different? Uh, a little bit? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot different right now. I'm not working, you know, 60 hours a week in construction. Um, I'm doing odd jobs here and there, just basically the bare minimum I possibly can to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a lot different now. It's the, I'm walking on the thinnest ice I have many years, so... Mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe that's good uh, I think it's it's good it's definitely a motivating factor yeah. you're like when your back's against the wall that's when you really you know that's when you sink or swim you find mm-hmm. out what you're all about you find out if you can do it or mm-hmm. if you're gonna if and you're gonna quit yeah and that's what I'm finding right now do I got <laughs> do I got what it takes to uh, to make it happen I think that uh, most people it's actually something that I don't think we've talked about too much on this podcast which is interesting but is the financial aspect of being a musician, even just outside of the the money to live day to day, but also to produce, to do, to put out content, is such a large expense. If you, especially mm-hmm. if you want to do it right, if you want to do it with with highly talented musicians, and yeah. you know, putting out a product that looks good and and that you can send to different radio stations or, or whatever, um, 
we don't really talk about that too much in this podcast, but that's something that I think every independent musician has to really struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's, it's constant. Uh, it's very expensive to be a musician. Mm-hmm. I don't think people who aren't musicians really understand that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like, oh, just put out an album. Then, then you can sell yeah. the album and you can make money that way. It's like, well, no. You put out the album, you spend the next three years paying it off. Like, that's really what it is. Yeah, well, you, you look at it, like, uh, generally, I'm, this is, I'm in well deep into making my third full-length album. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, almost every single album there that I've made has cost almost as much as I'll make in the entire year. Mm-hmm. So it takes years to kind of pay that off and I don't even feel like I paid off my first one yet and I'm <laughs> into my third and I have a fourth being yeah. made too so yeah so the cost of making albums are really uh expensive and that's the thing if I didn't have any debt and I didn't make these albums I would make enough money to live but then if I didn't put these albums out I wouldn't really have a career to promote or work yeah. with so it's like you can't have one without the other but you can't afford to do do both so it's yeah uh, that's the that's the constant struggle yeah do you feel like um well this is a crazily obvious question but do you feel like we're underpaid as musicians in in uh in most respects do you feel like we there should be more money available just kind of freely uh i don't know i don't think just because you play guitar you should make money but well if you demonstrated that you're a you're a good songwriter that you're I think you're good there's at it. I think it's it's not I think it's just a respect thing for the arts within mm. society at large it's I think it's kind of low these days it's entertainment and arts are just so free online that uh, mm-hmm. I think it's easy to have a low opinion of it but yeah. uh, I think um, I'm yeah I it, the hell am I trying to say here? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think artists, especially established artists, that people come out and, and and really enjoy that. I think it'd be nice to see them make more than you know ten bucks a week playing music. So yeah, yeah, I think uh, I don't know if if it was easy, everyone would do it. And, That's true. And I think uh, I've 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 seen a lot of albums get grants and funding and mm-hmm. uh, would those albums have been made had they not been given that I tend to think uh, yeah I things if they need to be made they they get made no mm-hmm. matter what it's gonna take um, I a lot of art I find gets just made yeah well especially by um, things like factor I know that yeah I mean Derek would probably disagree with this because mm-hmm. he's uh in a band that just got a factor grant but uh, uh yeah i'm not against that at all like even mm-hmm. like more art in the world even if it's crappy art I'm, yeah like i would rather see more art in the world than less mm-hmm. and uh so i'm not i'm not crapping on it i'm just crapping on the fact that maybe some projects that mm-hmm. didn't have to get made got made kind of thing yeah so, but or yeah. they or they, i mean the criticism that's been levied against factor for years now is that it's a it's a nepotistic sort of circle jerk of the same Toronto musicians or Montreal musicians that uh, 
And I mean, that doesn't mean that it isn't good or that there, that there isn't good mm-hmm. albums made with Factor Grants. There certainly yeah, are. Definitely. But uh, there is that criticism of it, which, because it's a very market-based grant, too. I mean, they always want to do stuff that, that's going to do well in a market somewhere that's going to make money. Mm-hmm. That tends to be where they throw their money, whereas some other ones, I think, like uh, Ontario Arts Council isn't quite so motivated by that. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah. Have you thought about going that route at all? Because I know at this point you haven't, right? Uh, no, I got a songwriter grant once from the Ontario Arts Council. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, I asked for the least amount of money than everyone, and I did get the least amount of money. <laughs> but that's all right. I'm cool with that. So uh, I'm not opposed to it. I, I was kind of opposed to it for many years. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at this point now, it's like. Just, uh, yeah, I don't want to be a construction worker anymore. Yeah. I'd like to, I, it's hurt me as an artist, uh, putting those kind of hours, diverting the type of hours away from mm-hmm. growing as an artist. I don't feel like I've uh, grown at a very rapid pace these last four years. Mm. Um, I'm doing my best to make up for that right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm 100% open to applying and taking any grant that yeah, possibly any, can. Any money they can send you. Any way I can kind of get this career <laughs> stabilized and mm-hmm. moving in a, in a good direction, uh, I'm open for trying. So. Yeah, and you've, you've uh, talked to me about how you, you seem anyway to be more excited about this album than you were about your first two. I, th- I feel like, not that like, the first two I still consider to be like mm-hmm. probably the two best albums I've heard come out of Windsor. Uh, definitely dependent on rising your your last one was i mean i still listen to that mm-hmm. probably once a week and uh but you seem more excited about this one like this is really going to be more of an expression of who you are as a songwriter than the first two were uh well i'm i think i'm always pretty like making albums is something i take very seriously mm-hmm. and i only write an album like i'm i'm i piece them together. it takes me like five years mm-hmm and I'm focused on creating an overall thing, yeah. a statement. Um, every process has been different. The first one, it was kind of, I had the luxury of time mm-hmm. with the first one. So the first one's always the easiest one artistically because mm-hmm. it's just like, you've never done anything, so anything you do is going to be well, new for you. I, I, did, yeah. I, I had an EP that I, I put out years mm-hmm. ago in Windsor, a Windsor only release. I have, I have a copy of that <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but I didn't feel any pressure, and it was something I took a long time before doing it. I waited till I knew I was ready, and I mm-hmm. wanted to make a statement with it, and I and I feel great about it. I think mm-hmm. that album's. Uh, I'm very proud of both those albums. So, I think uh, there's a level of excitement with this one. It's just like the potential to kind of. Pl- get back into being a full-time artist that's a really exciting uh-huh. thought for me and it's one i'm focused on 100 percent every well, it's been single day how long since dependent arising that your second album came out uh five years so five years yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's a while <laughs> i mean mine's been it is i have time. a six-year gap with mine currently mm-hmm. and there is something exciting about planning to do that when you haven't done it for a long time well it's a big it's a big undertaking it takes many years so mm-hmm. um and it does every time so mm-hmm. so yeah so actually kind of bringing it together into an actual unit that is listenable from start to finish it's an immense amount of work dedication yeah. and focus like over many years and so when you start getting close to the end like 
Uh, yeah, I'm damn excited to have a new album out this year at some <laughs> yeah. point. Um, it's an exciting thought, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's taken an immense amount of hard work to get to that point. I'm excited to hear the songs, too, because I think I've, I've heard all of the songs, I think, that are on the new album a bunch of times, because yeah, I've heard you play live might, a lot. Might be a couple surprises. But... Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I th- like it's always such a different experience to hear it, how you how you present it when you're when you're just playing by yourself and how it's presented when you have production behind it and a band behind it and all of that so mm-hmm. um and speaking of that you're working with with the master andy mcgoffin right who i think we bring up on every podcast episode we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah andy's great uh it's we've known each other for many years mm-hmm. um we're from the same hometown we're the same age uh we didn't go to school together i went to school with his brother but mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah we're both just uh, relentlessly staying in the music industry and mm-hmm. then, so you cross paths no matter what and making an album is something we had talked about for I don't know about 15 years now mm-hmm. so uh, sometimes it takes me a long time to I do want to have the right project and this this was the right one to do with him mm-hmm. yeah so why why is that why do you think it was uh, uh, why, why go with Andy now as opposed to waiting uh, I wanted, well, I had wanted to make an album with Andy for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have great respect for his work as, uh, as both a, a producer, engineer, and as a songwriter and performer. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. Um, but yeah, I, I knew it would always happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just happened to be the collection that would work best for Andy. Yeah. And I wanted to take the full band into a, a studio situation all together. I didn't want it to be piecemeal, mm-hmm. um, everyone separate. I wanted to create uh, a great energy between the band and, as our foundation for the album. Mm-hmm. His studio is a beautiful studio in Cambridge, mm-hmm. and it presented us that opportunity to get together. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I just wanted to capture that energy. I wanted to capture the personalities. Mm-hmm of the band, Dean Dean Drulard, Adam Warner, and Adrian Larition, and I thought we could best capture that when we're all playing together. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of it that's live off the floor then, or at least the the base of of all the tracks, I guess. Yeah, all the all the drums, bass, Mm -hmm. and uh, the foundation of the guitar is is live off the floor, and that's Mm -hmm. you know I wanted to create something that's uh close to what we do live because mm-hmm. I, I people dig that i dig that mm-hmm. and that's it's nice to be able to recreate it when you're when you're playing it live yeah and uh, it's obviously it'd be you have luxury of doing things that you can't do live so there's going to be different stuff and yeah and that's part of making an album so well, there's less improv you yeah. trade off improvisation mm-hmm. for uh well, some yeah. That, right? Someday I will make an album 100% live off the floor. Mm-hmm. I look forward to Put that one day. condenser mic in the middle of the room and go. No, like <laughs> Bruce Springsteen stuff. Yeah, what's the uh, <laughs> Muddy Waters album? I think it's called yeah. Folk Singer, and I think it's just yeah. it's one or two mics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a four-piece band, and there's so much space and distance, and the recording is beautiful. So yeah, yeah I don't know if, how many engineers have those kind of skills of, yeah. in the world, but it would be fun to do one like that. I know Fred Eaglesmith does that, or at least he did that on his uh, his Six Volts album. He, uh, he mm-hmm. they had one mic, and so they had to yeah. space themselves very carefully. Like mm-hmm. every take they did, they would sort of move like two inches this way or two inches that way mm-hmm. to sort of get the perfect mix and perfect sound. Yeah, I like. I really, I really love that album. Actually, it's mm. quite a beautiful album, and um, mm-hmm. you know, that's a type of skill that uh, most of us musicians don't have anymore because um, 
we don't have to work in a world of limitation. Mm-hmm. We could it's have, both good and bad. We could it's... have 8,000 microphones at one time going mm-hmm. if we needed. Um, but back then, you had like limitation with uh, analog and stuff. So Yeah. Which I, I dig. I think limitation is great for creativity. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Especially, with, I think, uh, like playing in the genre that, that we that we play in, playing folk music, like more or less. Um, I feel I feel like if you get too fancy with it, it's sort of... I mean, there's there's a million different ways you can approach this, and everyone's going to have a different opinion, and whatever works for you works for you. But uh, for me, I think with, with the way I play, and probably with the way you play as well, there, there's something to that sort of organic sound. Like, you don't want synthesizers and crazy <laughs> shit going on in the background. You just basically want to want to have something that sounds organic, that sounds real. Yeah, I just, for me, I just want everything to you know drive the the song forward mm-hmm. yeah and, so uh, so is there a difference in, in songwriting on this album compared to the other ones like you said you said you've given yourself a chance to grow as an artist recently do you feel that uh there's uh, something different about it uh yeah i think that growth you're not going to see for another two albums so <laughs> it takes a constant replenishing of the well and that's something i hadn't had any time to do lately the last few years but what do you uh, mean by by replenishing the well specifically what do you mean by that uh well you there's a lot of things you got to work on mm-hmm. um i i used to and i do again now but i used to write every single day mm-hmm. just in a book i work with words and uh, yeah. many different formats but the key was that every day i was working with words mm-hmm. just to be natural so uh it's like it's like warming up before a, a big marathon or something or like mm-hmm. uh it's about being prepared for for the show yeah and i don't necessarily mean a performance <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i just mean being in good shape so when yeah. inspiration hits you can mm-hmm. you can fully capture that inspiration so whether yeah. it's practicing guitar every day uh, learning new songs, writing every day. You're just always mm-hmm. trying to grow as an artist, and you do grow as an artist when you do those things every day. And then when yeah. inspiration hits, you can really take the songs into some special areas. So mm-hmm. uh, all the songs in this album here is I would come home, and just out of sheer will, I would get I gutted all this album out just out of <laughs> sheer will. There was yeah. there wasn't it was just uh, yeah it was just something that had to come out, and that's what came out and. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been a lot different had I had the luxury to hone my craft a bit more. But mm-hmm. I'm happy with what came out. Mm-hmm. Well, what uh, I've heard of it is is beautiful for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's it's, very... it's a very kind of emotional gutted album of just like mm-hmm. I got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you sent you sent me one track there. Um, uh, to living is it called? Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't want to spoil too much for the album. I don't know how secretive you want to be about it, but. Uh, I'm not letting too many things out about it. Well, I won't say any details about the song mm-hmm. other than uh, I listened to it. I was at home in the summer in Workworth and uh, at my grandparents' place out in the country and mm-hmm. listening to a lot of music. Like that, that week, basically, the only thing I did was uh, listen to music and drive around and like go to nature places and mm-hmm. you know those sorts of things. It was very uh, a necessary trip. I hadn't done it in years. So, um, but I remember you sent that song to me when I was there. And so I opened it up and played it. And my grandmother's actually like a massive fan of yours. Like she <laughs> loves your albums. All right. Um, and, uh, played it for her as well. Uh, she was in the kitchen and, 
And uh, both of us had tears welling up in our eyes. I was like, damn it, damn it, Ron. <laughs> so I feel like if, if the rest yeah. of the album is even close to that emotional, like it's going to be, mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty heavy. Yeah, I think it is a, an emotional, it is a very emotional album and it's very uh, personal too. More mm-hmm. personal than I want it to be, but that's just... Just how it came out. Uh, that's just what came out in... You've always been a pretty personal writer, I feel. Yeah, this is a little different than I think previous stuff, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely that's what came out. And you got to roll with what you got, and that's what I had. That's all I had to give. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it all, and that's what came out. So <laughs> uh, I couldn't do anything else other than that album. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I feel I like the songs. Uh, I enjoy playing them live, and I think that's the most important thing to. Uh, making a good album there when hopefully you know mm-hmm. you know i'll keep singing it for many years so yeah yeah you mentioned a fourth album that you're working on as yeah. well is that the one with johnny yeah johnny west Johnny West. Um, yeah that is uh yeah i'm really excited about that one basically i've got a a million songs i've written and had no place they didn't fit uh either the either any of the other albums or this one and but there's a lot of songs in there that i really like Mm -hmm. and i wanted to put down but i didn't i've got so many things going on that i didn't have a lot of time to think about it Mm -hmm. so i talked to johnny west kind of on a whim Mm -hmm. and and just thought well hey johnny what do you think i'll just give you 10 songs have some fun yeah well he's uh, good with that too if you just let him go mm -hmm. he always does something pretty Pretty cool and creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I have great respect for him. Great mm-hmm. respect for Johnny. So it's pretty exciting to work with him. He sent me a couple of songs so far that he's worked on. They're amazing. So mm-hmm. and he just really lets the song breathe. So that's kind of what I, that's what I want. So mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, it's it's exciting. And that one, I'm not feeling an immense amount of pressure on yet. Yeah. I think when it's <laughs> the one we're almost done with. Uh, once that one finishes, I'll be able to. Mm-hmm. shift my focus but yeah well you mentioned too that it was it was a different thing it's like it's it's not quite like uh like it is an album but it's it's mm-hmm. it's less of a cohesive thing like you said before you wrote it write an album whereas this feels like it's just more uh, extra songs you have that you like yeah i would say that actually i think it is pretty cohesive yeah. um i think there's still a theme there there's definitely a theme there it's a very uh um there's a lot of kind of it's a more of like a protest like a Tra- okay. traditional troubadour all right protest like type album it's <laughs> like a very like i love that style you know mm-hmm. that uh, that kind of woody guthrie mm-hmm. phil oaks uh that just that song structure mm-hmm. and the content of what they're saying so it actually does fit that very well mm-hmm. and it is going to be a very strong protest album and there's good there's more story songs it speaks to me not emotional like the one album i'm making right now is it's all emotion it's mm-hmm. just like I got 10 minutes of emotional energy left in me today. Um, <laughs> that's what that's what all that album was. So. Mm-hmm. But these songs are more story story type songs and, and mm-hmm. uh, quite political. That's good. I like that. It's mm-hmm. my uh that's I mean that's that's how I would like to write more often. I feel like in the past I maybe I've done more than I do now, but uh yeah, there's something about that. It's a different muscle when you're writing those songs too, I think. It's less um like maybe less organic but also maybe not i don't know i feel like maybe it's more 
you know something you know something that's bothering you and that's what you're going to write about Mm -hmm. whereas the emotional stuff for me it's always it's a surprise it's like i don't know what's coming out right now but it's coming out yeah i think it's all it's all a surprise for me (laughs) (laughs) anything that comes out you're just like i'm always thankful every time the song comes out it makes Mm me happy even this if the song is crap Mm -hmm. i i feel better yeah it's like therapy i'd feel better in life every time one comes out do you finish songs once you've started them even if they aren't really something you think is going to be good at the end uh i kind of know within a couple seconds if it's worth my time anymore so Mm -hmm. so i do finish things i like one sitting songs i Mm -hmm. 90 percent of everything i write is done one really because i you know some songs i've written for eight to ten hours straight Mm -hmm. um it's not something I had the luxury of the last few years, so mm-hmm. all these songs came out real quick. Yeah. Before I like fell asleep and had to get up at five a.m. and go back to work. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I yeah. do find I do find that uh, like Derek and I just recorded the the intro episode to this season because we're calling this season two now that we're in our second year, and we so we did one just the two of us and we played some of our own songs, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a conversation about that sort of the one sitting song the song that takes 15 minutes or four hours or whatever but one cohesive sitting versus the one that you write part of here and then you come back to later and you work on and you workshop it over a few months and uh i do it both ways and i find that i'm able to get decent workable songs out of both methods but definitely my favorites are almost always the ones where i sit and i write them in one cohesive chunk yeah i generally fail if i try to do over numerous settings so i learned that and generally when something hits like no mm-hmm. matter how tired or fatigued i am i you'll do it fight through it because i know if i don't i probably won't get it back so and sometimes i for me i know that like sometimes it's five at five six seven in the morning when i'm i can barely keep my eyes open that that my maybe my brain just has less inhibitions and i can mm-hmm. just i especially melodically that i end up coming up with more interesting things than if mm-hmm. i'm fully awake i don't know whether that's a common thing or not I don't know. They, I think ideas can come at any time. They can obviously come in the middle of the night when you're trying mm-hmm. to sleep. You're like, oh, shit. I guess I got to get up. I'm not <laughs> sleeping tonight. <laughs> yeah. So um, I kind of got out of that habit of I used to just go anything. But if you got to get up and work like mm-hmm. for 12 hours, it's yeah, and that's at a problem. And then honestly, you're not having ideas in the middle mm-hmm. of the night because you're you're too exhausted you're there's a line you there are over asleep. like yeah <laughs> i used to have a lot of insomnia when not not then not for those few years so yeah no i you know i find all those things that we sort of see as negatives within society like insomnia or uh or uh, just being over emotional sometimes depressed sometimes not those things that sort of we, we talk about as being negatives for me have always been not I wouldn't necessarily call them all positives, but I can I find that I can get something out of them. Like if I'm in a particularly insom- yeah. insomniac space, I can still use that and be productive mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, I think all those things are hard on the body. Mm-hmm. I know them all, and uh, yeah, it's whatever they've inspired certain mm-hmm. things. And if you can turn it into yeah. something productive, maybe it doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, it well, seems so hard on you. That's why I think art is therapy in a sense. So mm-hmm. you do take uh challenging things and try to make something beautiful out of it Mm -hmm. uh we're probably close to the time that uh that we need so did you want to uh play a song could do that (laughs) and then we'll eat some pizza (laughs) because i'm hungry i'm sure you are 
I like pizza. All right. Let's do that. Especially Windsor pizza. All right. I'd, I'd say this is a song inspired by one of my favorite songwriters in the country, L. Tuck. That's only partly true. It definitely is inspired by Al and people like Al and people like myself that sing songs. Every, every town around the country has, um, has kind of a few artists that they really rally around. And um, and uh, often they live in a really uh, ridiculous lifestyle, and and end up hanging out with a lot of really uh, interesting interesting folks. So I don't know. I could say a lot more. I'm not gonna though. All right. <laughs> it's a song. It's called That Guy. songs It seems like I don't do much at all Just hanging around Every town So familiar Lock those hands and drag you down. was Ron performing That Guy from his 2010 album Dependent Arising. This Saturday, Ron has a show in Windsor at Mackenzie Hall, playing as a trio with Dean Druillard and Adrian Larition. He's got three shows coming up celebrating the 10th anniversary of The Road in Between. Thursday, May 12th at the Cameron House in Toronto, Friday, May 13th at Patty Flaherty's in Sarnia, and Saturday, May 14th at the Windsor Beer Exchange. Is it 
Some dead man's name carved in. You can find Ron Leary's music at www.ronleary.com. You can also buy his albums on iTunes, as I just did with his most recent album. And while you're on iTunes, you can subscribe to this podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all the usual places. So next week, we'll be back with an episode with Max Marshall, who has got a tour coming up. And we'll see you then.